Hey everyone, thank you for joining me today as we walk through the strange paradiso. I want to start off today talking a little bit about when um, our pets have to be put down, when our pets die, and things like this. Even though we know and we are aware of when our cats and dogs, even our birds, our pets, when they are getting up in the years and uh, we notice certain things, maybe our dogs will slow down, maybe they'll start limping a little bit, they just won't have that energy that they once did. Even though we realize this kind of stuff, it doesn't make it any easier when they pass. Um, earlier this morning, actually, um, we had to put one of our dogs, Nine Night, because um, she was she was an older dog. Um, you know, boxers don't have a really long lifespan. She was eleven, and she just really started going to down going down these past couple of days. So it was a very difficult decision. But rather than see her suffer and see her in pain, there was really no choice. Not that we were happy about doing this, but there was no choice. The the poor thing, she just couldn't, uh, her quality of life was actually zero. She couldn't enjoy the things she used to enjoy. So um, it's never easy, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Even though we're aware of these things, it doesn't make it any easier when the time comes. And especially for the person who uh, has to take that pet that's actually like a part of our families and have this pet put night-night. So um, with that, a couple of days ago, I saw where um, some of the celebrity, uh, I guess like horses and dogs and things like this, where they have been buried. Some of these um, animal actors, I guess, were around a long, long time ago, like in uh, 1919, 1930s, 1940s, and things like this. One of them is uh, Lassie. One of them was a horse. Uh, I don't remember the name of this particular horse, and um, I guess Mr. Ed was one of them, and so on. But anyhow, what they were doing is they were taking everyone like on this trip to show where these certain animals had been buried. And the sad thing about it was that in many of the locations, these animals were buried. That used to be um, people's homes where they had like a lot of property and things like this, a lot of like farmhouses, I guess. Um, They were no longer there. And so what happened was parking lots and uh, buildings were built on top of these animals' graves. I found it disturbing because some people may say, well, they're just animals. It really doesn't matter. It's not like they're uh, human. Well, they were still living things. Animals still have a spirit. And to do something like that to me was just very sad. And I guess the people who did this kind of thing had that same mindset, oh, well, they're just animals. It's not like they're people. 
very sad in my own opinion. And then they went further to show um, an, a real pet cemetery. I believe it's somewhere here in California. And the woman who was doing this tour made it a point to let everyone know and to let the, the owners and the people who have had their pets interred in this particular um, pet cemetery. She assured them that this will always be a pet cemetery. You will always be able to come here and visit the gravesite of your pet, and so will your family members for for ages, for years. It's never going to be dug up. It's never going to be um, turned into a parking lot or condos built on top of it. So that um, was kind of reassuring, okay? Now, I want to go further with this, though. Some of the animals who... Um, were buried and now there are structures on top of them. I just wonder if there is any type of activity or any type of sound because of this. I mean, um, a lot of people aren't even aware of many of these locations. They're not aware that, uh, oh, the parking lot where you're parking your car every day, um, there's actually a horse buried beneath it that was a... uh, animal actor back in the 1920s, and so on. So maybe it's not just that uh, people may have been buried in certain locations that we have no idea, and that's what causes activity, but maybe some of them were also pets. And then they built on top of these things. I'm just speculating. I don't know this for sure. But it just seems that anything like this, any living thing, a cat, a dog, a horse, a crocodile, I mean, I don't care what it is. It's living. So to do this is um, still, because that's its final resting place, it's still um, unsettling. It is to me anyways. And it makes me think about um, when, like today, when we had to take our, um, I call all dogs puppies, okay? Even if they're full-grown, old adult dogs, whatever they are, I I call them all puppies. So we had to take our puppy today to um, have her put night-night. Because she was in a place where she's never lived and she's never been to, Maybe that would cause, at least for a while, that energetic force to come back to the place that it's known. Once again, I'm just speculating, and I am also aware that there are things out there, there are entities out there that take advantage of people when they're in a vulnerable state, like people who are very sad because they've lost their animals and so on. I know that there are those things. But um, also, I believe that there's a possibility of that energetic force coming back to a location before it leaves this realm. I mean, I'm just saying, because I have shared this with you all um, before, that we had a dog that was actually killed. This happened, uh, it's been a long time over 10 years ago. And after that, I would still see her in the backyard running around. Like when they 
run all around the yard and just do that crazy thing where they're just running like they're on a racetrack. I would see her and I went to go and look out the, the door. And of course I didn't see her again, you know, but I would see her out of the corner of my eye. And I told my husband, you're not going to believe this, but I see Roxy once in a while out there. And he said, no, no, I've seen her also. See, so that was like confirmation big time for me because my husband doesn't believe in all of this. He, he believes in certain aspects of paranormal, but he doesn't believe and um, he's not a seeker like many of us are. So he just, um, he, he agreed, okay? So I just wonder because it's kind of like a displacement. They've been displaced. Like when they buried this horse and I don't know how long afterwards they built the parking lot on top of where that horse is buried. But now it's kind of like, um, not that it's displaced, but there's activity going on all around it. So it's like a disturbance, perhaps. I mean, it just gives us something to think about, something to look into, because it, it could very well be, all right? These things could be possible. Okay. So uh, next thing, now this happened to an individual quite a while ago, I guess about 40 something years ago. It happened um, in the 80s sometime. And he said at this time, he was really young. He was in his 20s. He was at the gas station. It was in the middle of the day, broad daylight. So he's putting gas in his car and he's just looking around and where the gas station was, you know, it's on the corner. And he just looking across the street and he said that there was a man standing across the street. And it was a big street. It was a major street, but they had eye contact. He said, I was thinking all the while, how do I have eye contact with this person? Because we're actually too far away for eye contact. And then he said, this, whatever it was, he said, it looked like a person, it looked like a, like a man, looked like a guy, had red eyes. And these red eyes were like glowing. They were so intense. Now, this is the middle of the day, broad daylight. The sun is shining. And he can see these glowing red eyes on this man who was across a busy street. So we're looking at across like maybe six lanes, okay? This person or whatever it was starts crossing the street, coming towards the gas station where he's putting the gas in his car. There are cars that are driving and he is still walking. So instead of getting ran over and getting hit by these cars, he's still walking. But he said, the thing about it was that he was walking like he wasn't floating. He wasn't gliding. He was walking and he looked like he was not a spirit, that he was material. He had a body. And as he got a little bit closer, now he's in the middle of this intersection, he started running. So he's running 
towards the person who's telling the story and he's putting gas in his car. And for some reason, he can't break the eye contact. He said, it was almost like I was hypnotized and I could not break that eye contact until finally he blinked his eyes. That broke it. He said it was like he was under a spell. So he takes the pump out of his gas tank and he puts it back. He twists his nozzle to get, and then he gets back in his car and he starts it up. And as he's taking off, he said this person, this individual had his hand on the trunk of the car. He heard this guy's hand hit the trunk of his car. But he didn't even look back. He just kept on going. And then he made his turn and then he left. He drove so far and he was shaking. He said, I was shaking like nobody's business. I was panting like I just ran a mile. I don't know why. I was so darn scared. The whole thing was just unbelievably eerie. So he pulls over at a certain location. He gets out of his car and goes to look. Because he has a creepy feeling that, oh, what if this thing is hanging on underneath my car? What if he's on the back of my car? What if he's on the roof of my car? You know, he had all these type of thoughts in his head. So he gets out. He looks under the car. He walks around. Nothing. There's nothing there. There's no one there. Then he looks at the trunk of his car. And uh, there's a handprint. But the handprint is embedded. He said it was a perfect detailed handprint. I mean, not with fingerprints or anything, but you could see every finger. You could see that handprint embedded. So it like dented the trunk a little bit in the perfect hand shape. But it gets a little bit weirder. The hand had six fingers. Okay. So he's standing there staring at this thing. And he said, once again, it's in the middle of the day. He said it was probably like one in the afternoon. And he hears a sound. And he turns to his right to look down the street. And that thing is walking towards him once again. And he said... I could still see those eyes. Now, this thing was probably about two blocks away. And he could still see those eyes. And he said, not only I could see those eyes, but they were kind of like changing, like lighter red, darker red, medium red, like fire. You know, the way that fire kind of glows and it has that effect. He said he could see it all the way from there. And now he's thinking, what? is this? What in the heck is happening here? And then that thing yelled at him. And it said, hey, wait. And he was like, ah, no, no. He got back in his car and he took off. What he did was he went so far and then he made a U-turn. He turned around to go back down the street to see just what is this. Now, this cannot be a real person, but it looked like a real flesh and blood person. 
except for with these weird things. You know, you got the six fingers, you got the eyes that are kind of like glowing and changing color a little bit and so on. So when he made that U-turn to go back and see this person now, while he should have been on the opposite side of the street, now he was on the same side of the street of the street where this guy was driving now because he made a U-turn. So he said, finally, I just um, figured that it was something that was wicked and I didn't go back to look anymore. He went to go and he pounded out the dent on the back of his truck. I'm his truck. What am I saying? His trunk. So that it would be as removed as possible. He said the car was like an old car. He wasn't going to take it to the body shop, but he didn't want to have that souvenir back there either. So he just kind of like hammered it out as best as he could so that it was indiscernible afterwards. And um, that was that. But so many years later, this this uh, incident just stands out in his mind. And once again, people ask, well, what was it and why? Because he said, I never did anything. Never took part in anything at all, not even astrology, not even astronomy, if there's even anything wrong with that. He said, nothing, nothing. So why did that happen? So you know what, guys? He witnessed something. He saw something. And he actually heard something because the thing said, hey, wait. I mean, wait for what? But um, maybe it's because he saw it. He didn't have to do anything in his past, but because he saw it and it saw him see it. That's why it approached him. Now, we have no idea what may have happened if he would have said, oh, okay, I'll wait and... Uh, stopped and talked with this thing, we have no idea. But I have uh, people who have told me before that if you can see certain things or if you do see something, they'll see you see them and then it'll attract them to you because you can see them. Maybe that's true, maybe it isn't, but to be able to, for example to get in the guy's car, to be able to get so close to him, um, get into his house and things like this. These things have to be invited in. They just can't say, oh, okay, I'm coming in. There has to be an invitation. So, um, yeah, it is strange. And, um, and then you've got the six-finger thing. Now, I know that there are people who have uh, six fingers, maybe some people who have six toes and so on. Um, I can't say that all of them are part of a certain bloodline because I really don't know. I hear these things, okay? I hear that this is like an indication of some sort that um, they are Nephilim and things like this. Well, I don't know. I really don't know about that, guys. Maybe it's true. Maybe it isn't. But... um if it's of interest to any of you guys, you could always follow up on it and see what that indicates. It could just be some kind of defect. 
And maybe many people have that extra one removed. It just could be something as simple as that. But there are so many theories out there about these. Because it is said that Nephilim had six fingers, six toes, and double rows of teeth. Do I know that for a fact? No, but um, that is what is said about it. So many of you probably already know this. And um, it is interesting, but I, uh, I have my reasons for not really looking into that too much as well, okay? Because we're talking about theory, but you know, this goes beyond theory because this particular thing is also biblical. These beings are actually mentioned in biblical texts. So it's more than just theory. Okay. So um, that's pretty much all that I've got for today. Um, Going back, I mean, I know that probably many of you are animal lovers. I know we've got a lot of animal lovers, okay, out there. There's this uh, author. He's one of my favorite authors, and I used to read him all the time when I was growing up, um, him and Stephen King. Well, this guy's name is Dean Coons, okay? So Dean Coons, on the back of all of his books, I would read his books, and at the back, it was always a picture of him and his dog. He had a golden retriever, and he would have that picture on the back of all of his books. So at some point, now I don't know what year it was when his golden retriever passed away, and he wrote a book about his golden. I, I can imagine because he's a, an author, he's a writer, and he knows how to use words correctly and how to convey his feelings and his thoughts in detail, that the book was probably very good. I never read it. I just read it an excerpt. I don't think I could read it because I would have been crying like a baby. But um, it was called A Big Little Life by Dean Coons. Maybe I'll take a look, see if I can find it um, one of these days. But if you are an animal lover, I'm going to tell you, you're probably going to start crying when you read it. Okay, and one more thing, okay? So a couple of days ago, one of my friends contacted me and she said that there, there's this old movie, okay? And it's either... The Long Kiss Goodbye or The Long Kiss Goodnight. It's one of those names. And she said that in that particular movie, the, they mention the um, Twin Towers that are no longer there. The WTC buildings that were in New York until September 11, 2001. Now, this movie was made, I, I want to say 1998. And apparently, what's mentioned in that movie is something to the effect, like they're 
describing the the WTC buildings and they're saying something like, um, it didn't work the first time, so we're going to have to do it again. And something about killing 4,000 people. I was like stunned, okay? I was like, I know that there's a lot of predictive programming in uh, a lot of the shows. You know, they talk about the Simpsons and things like this, uh, South Park and, and so on. And I know that it also goes for the movies. But um, I never heard about this. I really don't want to watch that entire movie. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to see where, wherever it is that that's mentioned. I'm going to go look on YouTube for that movie. Or I'm going to look and see where is that mentioned in that movie. So I don't have to uh, watch the whole thing. I've never seen it before, and there's probably a reason for that. You know, it probably just was not of interest to me. But anyways, I wanted to um, share that with you guys. That's just part of theory, okay? Because we can't prove these things. I mean, the narrative out there is such that anyone who tries to go against it is ridiculed and things like that. So um, it's it's pretty interesting. Um, it sounds interesting. So I, I want to see if I can find that. But more and more things seem to be coming out as well as um, once I heard about that and one of my other friends started saying just about everything now that you see on TV is predictive programming. So I don't know. I mean, I... I can't look at everything through that lens, like it's all predictive programming. I know that it's out there, but um, I can't think of it like that, or else we, I would never like go to a movie again. And everybody knows I like Marvel movies. I know what I'm seeing sometimes, and I, I realize it, but I mean, I'm just there for entertainment. I'm not there to uh, like like I'm watching a documentary on how to do certain things. But that's where awareness comes in, guys, and that's why we realize what we're looking at. And, um, you know, it's not like we're going to go practice it. We're not going to take it any further than we like the movie, we like the action, and that's that. We're done with it now. We can dust ourselves off and carry on with our day. So... um or else, seriously, we would never have any type of entertainment. We would never enjoy ourselves. So, it all depends. It's up for the individual to decide what is right for us. So, okay. Um, I know I said that's all I've got a little while ago. I think that's all I've got for now. Let me see. Is there anything else? Um, well, there's more, but I haven't researched enough to bring certain things on this walk. So I'm going to um, continue reading and looking for things that are of interest. And if anything interests you guys, if there's anything that um, you would like to hear more about or you would like to share you would like to um, 
You know, maybe there are some obscure things like this movie. I, I had no idea about this movie, okay? I've never seen it. I didn't know what it is about. But when she told me that, it's like, hmm, this stuff just seems to be seeping out more and more. And I'm, sure, I'm certain that as we continue, that um, more and more is going to come out. So when I talk about awareness, we have to be aware so that we can catch it or else it'll just go right by us. And we'll be like, oh, I didn't know that. So um, we have to keep our heads up and we have to look around so that we can realize certain things. We can see them. That adds to our knowledge, which the more knowledge we have, it's like a pot of gold. I mean, the more that we know, the better it is for us. And also for friends of ours, for acquaintances of ours who are of like minds, they like the same things, they are interested in the same things. See, we'll be able to share these with others. And then at some point, it'll be uh, not just a hidden subject, but it'll be more, I, I, I don't want to say mainstream because I don't believe it will ever be mainstream, but it'll be more, there'll be more people who are aware so that's what it's all about, guys. Awareness and sharing. People who are willing. Some people aren't willing. So uh, as mean as it may sound, uh, if they are not willing, well, there's nothing we can do. We have to walk by them. We can't force anyone to even stop and take a look at whatever it, what, whatever it is that we have to um, share. Because some people just... They don't want to know. They don't care. And uh, so we have to walk by them. Okay. Well, anyways, um, I hope that all of you have a great weekend. And, um, oh, yeah, if there are any other things that you want to hear about, you want to know about um, or share, you can contact me, maybe underscore Maria at Outlook.com. And, um we really need to get into this, guys. We really need to start getting into the meat of many things that are happening in our timeline in this realm that we are living in right now because things are going to intensify. When you look at not just where you live, but you look at the world around us, they are intensifying and it's all connected. Everything is connected. So we'll be walking and talking again soon. Have a great day, guys. And thank you so much for taking this walk with me. Ciao.